Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is Kayla O'Connell Davis for Female Startup Club. and welcome back to another episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. I'm your host, Doon Roisin, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Kayla O'Connell Davis, founder of Nikki. Nikki is a D2C women's underwear brand offering the best basic briefs from certified organic cotton by women for female identifying humans. Making organic the everyday option through elevated, affordable intimates, Nikki is for the woke woman who seeks comfort, versatility, durability, and certified sustainability. It's better for your body, your wallet, and our world. This was such a fun episode to record, and it's packed with plenty of interesting insights and learnings ready for you to take into your own business today. Like how a recycling program became the top driver for growth in the business, and how a booty call service appealed to a new audience they didn't expect, along with Kayla's learnings as an entrepreneur along the way. Make sure you stick around to the end to hear her advice for female founders and some resources that you do not want to miss. This is Kayla for Female Startup Club. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting Getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Kayla, hi, and welcome to the Female Startup Club podcast. I'm so excited for this conversation to talk about all things undies related. Thank you so much for having me, Dana. I'm so thrilled to be on the show. <laughs> Do you want to start by introducing yourself and what your business is? Sure. Uh, my name is Kayla. Um, I am the CEO and co-founder of Nikki, and we make organic cotton undies for every day. Oh my gosh. It is just so cool. I've obviously been browsing, you know, your website and your social media and everything. And I have just been eating it up. It is so fun. All the language, the the look and feel, um, and obviously everything behind what you're doing is so amazing. I want to go back to life before Nikki to find out what you're up to and, you know, how you were spending your time that was getting you interested in going down the path of entrepreneurship. Definitely. Yeah. So I would say my journey to Nikki was sort of a career long, perfect storm, if you will, um, that was enacted pretty much by a personal crisis. Um, I had uh, been working in apparel and in retail, um, fashion, you know, I've done everything from shop girl, merchandising, production and design, even styling shoots and runway. Um and I was actually pursuing my master's degree at Parsons in fashion studies. And I had sort of a personal crisis when I was studying fashion as an industry and as a system. You know, this was a while back when I started my career, but had sort of pulled back the veil on all of the detriment and atrocities, essentially, that fashion has on uh, the environment and also the people. And I had sort of, you know, um, a negative 
personal reflection of, oh my gosh, I'm participating in the system and I need to figure out how I can positively um, impact this and really try to change it from the inside out because it was a little bit of a disconnect for me at that point in time. And so I actually focused my research and my, my master's thesis on the cradle to cradle ideology, which is a scientific discourse founded by Michael Bronkart and William McDonough. And that basically sort of rethought the life trajectory and um, more linear life cycle of an object um, into a more circular and holistic view of um, production and the life cycle more long term. And so I actually applied that um, to fashion garments and um, our clothing and apparel. And uh, it was the first time that had been discussed in this context. And um, so I had a lot of a lot of fun research. And um, I decided I really wanted to sort of put that into action and dedicate my career toward, um, you know, making more eco-minded products for our clothing. And so when I graduated, it was really difficult to get a job, just candidly. Um, nobody really understood what I was talking about. People kept referring me to like the communications department and the PR people. And um, I really wanted to marry design thinking to, you know, product development and to really address sustainability from the start. And that was a difficult thing at the time. This is several years ago. But I ended up working for a nonprofit briefly, um, the Carbon Disclosure Project, which is now known as CDP. Um, and we would aggregate, you know, the world's largest traded uh, publicly companies, their environmental data, and put that into like a metric that was used um, for valuation by their investors to make sure that they were making, you know, sustainable investments long term, um, which was really wonderful and rewarding. And I learned a lot. But I really wanted to get back to making products. And so I landed a gig with um, a company that was sort of a startup, if you will. Um, but it was actually an older company that had been reinvigorated by investors. Um, we were acquired after a few months there. And I basically really cut my teeth in understanding um, and actually putting into practice um, a lot of the initiatives that I had studied and uh, learning about, you know, organic cotton as a supply chain and um, using recycled poly materials and making, you know, personal care products and delving into the whole world of like clean beauty as well. And so I learned a ton and it was very much like a startup, but without the risk associated with it, because um, we were such a small team, we had very little resources and really just had to figure it all out. And after sort of scaling that to, you know, multinational retailers, Bloomingdale's, Macy's, Bed Bath & Beyond, I was sort of thinking, um, okay, I really want to do this for my own vision. And we had been um, specifically in home goods for um, the brands. And so I wanted to get back to apparel. And that's when I took the leap, you know, called my friend Lauren, whom I had met at Parsons and said, hey, I've got this crazy idea. Do you want to do it with me. Um, and so, you know, really it started from just a place of wanting to make an environmentally product and to move education and move the needle for customers more broadly in, um, you know, just eco-minded products in the mass market and bring that to apparel because it really, I thought at the time it was not been done successfully. So we started with that concept first. Yeah. Was there any brands who were doing it at that time? 
Um, certainly there were, but I would say that the vast majority of sustainable fashion at that time and the discourse around it, just based on my research um, and doing my thesis, was very much founded in like abstention and sort of the anti-consumption model, you know, like a slow fashion, if you will, but really, you know, don't buy anything, kind of recycle, mend, et cetera, which there is certainly a place for that. But I think that, you know, my thesis was really centered on if we're going to change this industry, we have to do it. We have to change the way it operates fundamentally and, um, you know, start from the inside and enact change internally. Um, and that starts with just making better products from the start. Right. So yeah, we had actually, um, at the time that I decided to do this, I didn't even know what product we were going to launch with. I just knew that, you know, this is the kind of supply chain that I want to build. And um, this is the kind of brand we want to build. These are the values that we stand for. And so, you know, everything had really, going back to your original question, really situated itself in more novelty, like fashion is so ephemeral, right? You know, you get a blouse, it's maybe a print, it's very stylized, and you might not like it next season. And that's where a lot of sustainable fashion was sitting at the time as well, in sort of these capsule collections that were very inaccessible, very expensive, and were very niche. And so I was like, okay, we need to focus on basics, because these are high frequency items that people are going to buy regularly. And also, that's because they're putting it on so much, like throughout their lives, there, it's also a point of education to really change their thinking about what they put on their body every day. And so underwear was like, you know, the obvious starting point. And so we started with undies. That is so cool. Was there a light bulb moment where you were like, oh my God, it's underwear, like this is it? Definitely. Yeah. I think it was really based on sort of years of marketing eco-friendly products to mass consumers where I kept running into sort of the roadblock of like, oh, well, this is, you know, a seasonal pattern and it's it fits in with our spring collection, but not our fall collection, et cetera. You know, and I think for me, it was like, okay, we need to make something that someone is just going to want all of the time. It's not seasonally dependent. And what better than to start with the first thing that everybody puts on every day to reframe their mind about making better choices in their lifestyle more broadly. Mm, Totally. Love that. So cool. So you join forces with Lauren. What are the next steps? How do you actually validate the idea and get started? Yeah. So we first started with what we knew. My background is really in product development and making garments. And so I started with designs first and foremost, beyond that uh, branding. And we spent several months like deep diving into what is Nikki? What is our voice? Who is this? um, Who is the customer? And really defining that personality and doing a lot of research into, you know, identity and, you know, the behaviors that we think really encapsulate the Nikki brand. We actually had started, you know, thinking about how we were going to go to market. And it's such an interesting thing because at the time, and this is such a a difference now, right? People constantly tell you, oh my gosh, I would totally buy, you know, an eco-friendly product if it were available to me because I want to do right by the earth. And, you know, that's a better decision for 
the world and resources, et cetera. But what we found in practice was that when it came down to it, people were much more motivated by cost and convenience. And so we, you know, knew that we had to make Nikki cost competitive. We knew we had to make it very accessible. So D to C. And obviously the product had to stand on its own. And the value add was then it's also eco-friendly benefit. It's good for the earth. Um, And so we actually started with our marketing narrative, if you will, as really a better for you product and sort of, you know, teaching people about, you know, why you should choose organic cotton for something that's close to your body and your most intimate parts um, over, you know, the synthetics of the world and basically every other underwear product out there. So it's better for you, but it's also better for the environment. And that's that was sort of our starting point. And that was just a learning that I had, you know, come to after several years of marketing earth-friendly products to mass consumers. Um, but I think there's been such a shift of late, which is so incredible to see. You know, people are really, I think, understanding the value of, of what they're purchasing, the value of what they're putting on their bodies and um, considering the entire impact of um, a product that they bring into their home. Yeah, that's that's so true. And I feel like the last few years, people really are making more conscious decisions with everything in their life, not even just, um, you know, clothing and fashion, but through beauty, what's in their kitchen, what's under the kitchen sink, all that kind of thing. Definitely. I'm wondering when you started like talking to your friends and your friends of friends and people that you would meet at a bar, like all that kind of thing, what were people's reactions when you were telling them about this brand at this point in time? At the time, people were super skeptical, I would say. Um you know, the people are like, oh, interesting. You know, I think when you have like an idea that is a little bit disruptive, it doesn't always land, you know, um, just candidly. But then there were the people whom, you know, had sat in sort of that world before or knew about, you know, sort of the implications of, of the fashion industry and that it had to change and they were super jazzed on it. So, you know, I would generally say that like feedback runs the gamut always and always will. Um, and you always have to take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, we, we were really, we knew that we had something and we were committed to it. And I think that that's like a huge nugget of advice. If I could give that to anybody is just to really stick to your story. And if you believe in it, you know, that, that is what matters. That's the motivation to keep going. So totally for sure. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So how do you actually launch the brand and how do you start finding your first customers and spreading that good word and gaining the momentum that you needed? Yeah. So we um, spent about a year doing product development um, and went to market in late November of 2019. Um, We had done quite a bit of press seeding and sending things out to just publishers and getting the word out by gifting and We launched um, with a feature on Vogue, um, which was incredible. And that really sort of catapulted us into, um, you know, understanding what our traction was because we had sort of, you know, thought about, okay, we need to prove product market fit. We're going to put this out there. Is anybody going to want to buy it? And that was a great moment of validation for us. And you know, it's actually put a lot of strain on our inventory, frankly. Um, and uh, we have basically just been trying to keep up ever since um, and have really grown organically, um, pun intended, I guess. But it's been an incredible journey. And we've spent, you know, a year and this just this past year is our second birthday, if you will, you know, really just investing in product and building out stock and improving upon our product, listening to our customers and really trying to understand, you know, where, where we go next um, and poise ourselves for scaling. Mm, yeah, totally. The, the exciting part with, with all the challenges that also come with it. <laughs> yes, of course. 
up until this point, how have you been funding the business, um, you know, right from the early days when you decided to leave your jobs, start this new business and, you know, through to now? Yeah, so we're actually entirely self-funded. Um, we have bootstrapped from day one and that was very deliberate. You know, I have a lot of founder friends. Um, my husband is actually an investor and works a lot with early stage startups. And I had, I wouldn't say become wary, but I was very focused on building a, um, a business that was not only, you know, sustainable from a supply chain standpoint and from an earth minded standpoint, but also from an economic standpoint. And so I focused really hard on working out the unit economics and making sure that, you know, this is a sustainable business long term from a functional standpoint. And we have been very successful in doing that. And I'm really pleased because I feel like, you know, it's, it's allowed us to really focus on running the business and growing the business rather than fundraising and answering to external parties. So there is a world in which now that we've sort of proven you know, market validation and we've had a lot of traction and so much organic growth um, and we haven't been really paying for customers thus far that we, we would consider fundraising in order to, to really scale. Um, you know, in a, a product-based business, you always need working capital to scale. Um, and so there, there is a moment where I think we're at an inflection point this year. We'll, we'll potentially explore that. Wow, that's so exciting. Goodness. I want to go back to, um, you know, the marketing side of things. I jumped ahead of myself there. So since you launched last November and you had the really great um, Vogue press that kind of catapulted you forward and you've had organic growth since then, what are the kinds of marketing things that you were doing to acquire your customers for, for free, essentially? Yeah, so I, I mean... We have been really big on earned media. Um, we have this recycling program, which is sort of another component of this cradle to cradle ideology, thinking about the supply chain more holistically and as a circular model for production. And when we first launched it, we weren't really sure where it was going to land. You know, are people going to be comfortable sending us <laughs> their old grungy undies? <laughs> but they have been, and it's actually been a huge acquisition tool for us. Um, and it's very profitable and is a very low CAC compared to our digital, you know, spend, if you will. And so that has been sort of our secret marketing sauce, if you, um, you know, to, to use the funny phrase, secret sauce. Um, but I would say, you know, definitely earned media. Press loves to write about a recycling program. Um, and we love talking about it. It's such a, it's a unique thing. It's the first of its kind. And we're really addressing a real problem, which is that there's no responsible way to get rid of your old underwear. You can't donate it. You can't give it to a homeless shelter. It will just get, you know, sent to a landfill by a third party recycler. And yeah, we've been able to collect that, aggregate it, um, you know, palletize it several tons of undies and um, make that into insulation and sort of industrial rags and pads for um, commercial rugs. So that has been an awesome, an awesome component of our business that we're so thrilled to see people resonating with. Gosh, I just love that so much. Can you actually explain how it works? So like, does someone buy from your website and then send their old underwear back or do they just like send it to someone else or how does it work? So this is part of what the like 
finding was that was so surprising to us is that actually um, you don't have to be a Nikki customer. We assumed that once you purchased from us, you would then send us back your old undies like in the box um, because you know we, we pay for the label. But what happens is people go onto our website, you can just submit a request and you just have to indicate, you know, I'm sending you back 13 pairs of socks, two bras and 20 pairs of underwear. And then you print out your label, pop it in the mail in any you know box that you want to. And then we collect it. We partner with a local nonprofit that would normally sort textile waste. But since this is sort of pre-sorted, it goes straight to a shredding machine and it gets made into fiber pulp, also known as shoddy. And then that gets made into like insulation. And so it's technically a downcycling if we're being technical in you know scientific terms. Um, and we have long-term hopes for and a vision for making that more of a robust program um, that we can actually pull usable yarn from and start to make it a more closed loop system with our own products. Um, so stay tuned for that. That sounds so exciting and so cool. I love that for you. Another thing I saw on your website that I really liked was the booty call uh, marketing that you've got going on. Can you share a little bit about that and what the impact has been? Yeah. So, um, you know, Nikki, we definitely want to have um, an accessible brand. Um, you know, I think our price point is very accessible, which is obviously deliberate. And um, that on the other hand, though, you know, we need to create a very safe space for people because intimates are a very intimate topic. And so I would say that you know, our language is, is a little fun. We try to be lighthearted. We try to be cheeky um, and, you know, just create a warm lead for anybody. If they want to call in, we get a lot of phone calls of people calling to talk about issues of the body and fit and, um, you know, post-pregnancy and, um, you know, you name it. And so um, it's very much a, a deliberate act and in, in just in terms of creating a line of communication and to really open it up to anyone who, who wants to talk about their intimates. And it's been really well received and people, people love the booty calls thing. So <laughs> I'm glad I, mean, you I love the booty call well. thing. That's, that's so good. <laughs> Genius. So wait, do people actually phone you up or is it text messaging? So they phone us. Yeah. Who do they talk to? They talk to you. Uh, they did talk to me. They talked to Lauren as well. We we answered <laughs> the phone for about a year, um, and we got a lot of phone calls. We have no um, a customer set that is very high touch and likes to you know call in. It's a little bit of a more mature age group, and you know they're not so internet savvy necessarily. They like to purchase over the phone and still appreciate the human to human contact. And honestly, that goes back to a lot of our strategy with customer experience, because, you know, I think it's so easy for D2C brands to become so, you know, separated and not alienated, but there, there is a wall because a lot of it is anonymous and you don't really know your customers necessarily, but we do, which is, so incredible. And we try to, we want to talk to them. Um, we want to talk to you and, um, yeah, they, they call us on the phone and we, we do have a couple, um, people on our team now that are dedicated specifically to answering the phone and are fit experts. So. Gosh, that is so cool. That's a really interesting thing that you just mentioned about the kind of caller who was calling in. And I'm wondering if when you were starting the brand, you had a target ideal kind of 
customer who you thought would be your shopper versus who actually is your customer now. Was there a difference in that? I would definitely say yes, but to some extent, we expected it. What's been interesting is that we targeted a, a you know m- mature millennial, if you will. Um, this individual is very eco-minded. They're definitely, they have some discretionary income that they're investing in better products and, you know, are active and care about the environment. They believe in climate change and that, that they need to do something about it. Um, but then we have sort of the organic evangelists, if you will, whom are baby boomers. They grew up in the seventies. They were sort of the first women who burned their bras, you know, and, um, so we knew that we would appeal to them from a product standpoint and they actually find us usually on Google, um, just from searching. And yeah, we, we expected them to come, but they have come in droves because they love to talk <laughs> to their friends. Right. And, and they're on Facebook now and, you know, we're on Facebook. So, um, it's been a really great thing to see us connect with that audience as well as a D2C brand, because I feel like every D2C brand these days is like, we're targeting the 25 to 34 year olds and that's it. Um, and so, you know, it's really wonderful to connect with that customer and, um, and they really, they know, you know, they, they are, they understand the benefits of it. They're buying in bulk, they're coming back and they are brand loyal. Um, so it's, it's wonderful. And we get to talk to them on the phone, you know, which is love that. <laughs> Gosh, goodness. That is so cool. Where is the business today and what does the future look like for you guys? So the business right now is growing really quickly. Um, we have had a year of, you know, certainly pivots, um, with COVID and, you know, delays in deliveries and not really understanding what our roadmap is because we've had to plan for contingencies month after month, you know, and, shutting down operations so that our, our staff could be safe at home and not exposed to any risk. Um, but in spite of all of that, it has been really a positive year for us. Um, and, and yeah, characterized by rapid growth. Um, you know, we were hiring full-time people and positions. Um, we have typically been uh, leveraging the help of external contract consultants for a long time. And so now this year has really um, propelled us forward into bringing those functions in t- internally, um, which is really exciting. And, you know, we're, we're really pumped to just keep growing and iterate and innovate and add more product to the assortment. We're launching bras next year, um, early in the year. We just launched extended sizing, um, which has been a long-term goal for us. Um, you know, inclusivity is a big, a big topic and, uh, part of our mission and our ethos. And that has been, you know, it, it is candidly a challenge to to offer um, as a, an apparel business. And we're so thrilled to be able to do that now. And yeah, we're just super pumped for keeping, keeping going on the flywheel. So just skyrocketing, trying skyrocketing yeah. forward. <laughs> I love that. What advice do you have for women who have a big idea and want to launch their own business? Oh, definitely start with what you know. You know, I think don't distract yourself with things you don't understand yet. Find people whom 
might know a thing or two about it and just ask them, leverage those people. Um, you know, like I said, we started with product and that's because that was my background and Lauren's background was in operations and, and retail. And so, you know, she contributed that out of the gate. All of the other stuff, you know, we, we were very happy to go find an expert and bring them on. Um, and, you know, pay them handsomely to do that. Um, <laughs> because, uh, you know, there's, you know, you need to invest in, in your people. Um, so yeah, I would just say start with what you know. Love that. And it's so true. And I think that's one of those things that it's a really simple thing. And of course it makes sense, but it can be overlooked and, and you kind of like look outwards. I think even for me, I'm someone that I really know social media and all this kind of stuff, but it's probably the thing that gets a little bit left behind. And then I'm like, that's, sh- that should be the thing that I'm so on top of because that's where my background is, you know, anyway, side totally. note, I digress. <laughs> well, you know, if your background is in finance, like build a business model, you know, start, start writing, you know, a model out for what you think the year is. If your background is in social media, start thinking, start mood boarding, start thinking about personality and messaging. If your background is in ops, you know, start looking into supply chain partners. Um, there's no right way and one place to start. So we are up to the six quick questions part of the episode. Question number one is what's your why? Ooh, um, my why, that's a great question. My why is definitely to change the fashion industry and propel us toward more sustainable practices and making better products to, you know, ensure resources and the world that our kids live in is as good of a place as the one we live in now. Yeah, totally. Question number two is what do you think has been the number one marketing moment that's made your business pop? Ooh, um, I would say the recycling program, launching the recycling program. We spoke to that a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, I think Certainly moments of, of great press have helped, but the recycling program is just so unique to Nikki and it has brought us so many wonderful customers and a lot of brand loyalty um, that I think it contributes longer term to our lifetime value overall. Yeah, that's an interesting point to the overall lifetime value of people really feeling connected and wanting to come back and keep keep buying through you and keep doing the good thing of, of sending it back. <laughs> Question number three is, where do you hang out to get smarter? What are you reading? What do you subscribe to? What are you listening to every day? Oh, um, I definitely, I'm a big podcast person. Um, Podcasts that I've been into, particularly that are relevant to our discussion. Um, Masters of Scale by Reid Hoffman. It's really quirky, great guests, incredible business founders. Um, Planet Money is like my all-time favorite. Uh, and Startup Therapy actually is a really good one. Um, recommend that for any founder. Amazing. I'm going to link all of those in the show notes for anyone listening that wants to check them out. I haven't heard of Startup Therapy. I'm going to check that out myself. That sounds really cool. Question number four is how do you win the day? And that's around your AM and PM rituals that keep you feeling happy and successful and motivated. Oh, that's nice. Um, I would say, you know, this year it's been difficult to keep rituals. I'm a very routine based person. Um, you know, I love to listen to the daily in the morning when I make my matcha or my coffee or my tea. My husband and I have been doing a lot of walking, um, you know, in the morning, 
maybe at lunchtime if we're lucky, and then definitely to top off the day, um, watch a sunset, which is a new kind of lovely thing as a Manhattan resident. We don't take that kind of time. Um, and so that's been really integral to, I think, my mental balance. I recently became a beekeeper which has been such an incredible journey. And so I've been spending a lot of time tending to the girls, checking in on them and doing research there. So that is um, a small joy for me on a daily basis, definitely. That is so cool. (laughs) I interviewed um, Carly Stein from Beekeepers Naturals a few weeks ago. And it is just so amazing, like hearing about someone's love for bees And especially because, of course, in the last few years, we've all learned more about bees and and their significance and and products and that kind of thing. But I hadn't really heard from someone directly in depth about beekeeping. And so it was a really lovely chat. And I'm also interested in bees now more having having spoken about it. So cool. The more you learn, you just there it just it's like wine. The more you learn about it, the more you know how much you how little you know. And it's it's an yeah, an evergreen discourse and discipline. Where do you go to learn? Or like what what do you do you have like a group or a meetup or something? So I would love to join my local beekeeping group in East Hampton. However, um they we have you know they haven't been meeting because of COVID unfortunately. Um, I have a local guy that has helped me a little bit. Um, it's very much like an apprentice type study. Um, it's a passed down pastime. Um, there are a few beekeeping podcasts. Um, I would say that you know some of them are more intriguing than others. There's a really funny one called the Hive Drive um, that is very educational, very quirky. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and, uh, they're on Patreon as well. Patreon is a good, um, place to find information. Um, but yeah, books. I'm going to check that out. That sounds so cool. Question number five is if you only had a thousand dollars left in your business bank account, where would you spend it? I would spend it on product and inventory. 100%. We have found that when we have product, people buy it. So, and when we stock out, you know, they don't. So um, I would say that that is, you know, an obvious fundamental thing perhaps, but um, that is where we have the most value. People, you know, buy it, they come back. Um, and so it would ensure that we could keep going as a business, even if that was our last dollar to spend. Amazing. And question number six, last question is how do you deal with failure? And that can be around a personal experience or just your general mindset and approach to it. Yeah. I mean, failure is sort of an unfortunate, but fortunate thing that everyone goes through. It's inevitable. Um, I don't really think about things as failures so much as just like experiences that went a different way than maybe you anticipated. And I think if you keep that mindset and then just remember to, to be agile and to, to pivot and, um, take learnings from everything. That is probably the best outlook and the best way to sort of stomach the pain if it's painful and to get right back up and, and try again and try it a different way. Totally. Kayla, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. I've really loved chatting about your brand and learning about the recycling program and for what's to come in the future. Thank you so much, Duna. I appreciate you having me on the show and 
Um, I look forward to future episodes and following the journey of so many more female founders. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. (laughs) 